focus on the tiny progress that you are making. Take it one baby step at a time. And and instead of nothing's working or all of this is terrible, look at it as what's working, what's not, and what's one tiny tweak that I can focus on. And then just reiterate again and again. I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet over time, we get stuck. We get lost or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. Today, I am sitting with Dana Abraham, and we are talking all about building connection with ourselves and with our children. When I came across Dana's work, I knew we needed to sit together on the podcast. What stood out for me was her way of talking about connection. And what I've noticed over my own parenting journey is just how great our desire is to be able to figure it out as parents, to figure out what's happening for ourselves, mostly to figure out what's happening for our children. And yet, I don't know about you as the listener here on the podcast, but my experience has been is that the more I am growing and evolving as a parent, the more I sometimes feel like I'm just not figuring this out, which is why today's episode just feels so relevant on so many levels as our children are continuing to grow in front of us, as our families are growing, as we as individuals are growing. Let me tell you about today's guest. Dana is the best-selling author of the Super Kids Activity Guide to Conquering Every Day and also to the book Sensory Processing 101. She is on a mission to create a more accepting world, one challenging kid at a time. Her latest book, Calm the Chaos, a fail-proof roadmap for parenting even the most challenging kids, is being released this August. As a National Board Certified Educator, parent of three neurodivergent children, and an ADHD adult herself, Dana brings a unique and out-of-the-box perspective to parents raising kids in the modern world. She is the founder of the popular parenting website, Lemon Lime Adventures, which has accumulated more than 41 million viewers in less than seven years. Through her compassionate framework, Calm the Chaos, she has helped millions of parents around the world find peace and meet their children where they're at when conventional parenting tools have failed them. With a weekly reach of more than 1.2 million people on social media and more than 200,000 parents attending her Calm the Chaos free workshop, she has become a proven and trusted leader in the parenting community. Her work has been showcased in HuffPost, Scary Mummy, BuzzFeed, Attitude magazine and parents magazine and life hacker. She lives in Little Rock, Arkansas with her three amazing children, her husband, Jason, and two huge Newfoundland puppies, Luna and Coda. Let's jump into today's session. Dana, thank you so much for joining me here. I am thrilled to be able to sit with you and to talk about the really great work that you are doing in the world. So thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. Could we maybe start with you telling us a little bit about you and the work that you're doing? 
Yeah. So um, I kind of like to say that I fell into this work when I was born because I grew up as a sibling of a bipolar brother. And so he was extremely explosive. And I was the one that kind of um, was at the end of all of his explosions. And so I had to learn how to manage those storms at an early age. And then I became a teacher and my favorite kids were the kids that had a paper trail behind them and all the teachers talked about in the teacher's lounge. And so when I became a parent, I thought I was going to be the world's best parent and that someone was going to like hand me the award for world's best parent. And that did not happen. Like in any shape or form. Instead, I spent the first seven years feeling like a failure as a parent, um, because despite my education background, despite what I had learned growing up and all of those things, it didn't seem to matter with my own son. And he really struggled. He was kicked out of preschool. He was in trouble in kindergarten and first grade. And by second grade, he was suspended more days than he was in school. And, and so with with seeing how much he was struggling, how much the professionals were struggling to help him, to help us, it just became evident we needed something else. And so that's when I brought him home and I decided to try to, you know, go back to the books, go back to the drawing board and really figure out what was going on. And through that process, I discovered a framework. I started sharing that with um, other families around the world. And we have now you know, created an online community of parents of all different shapes and sizes and cultures and dealing with even the most challenging situations, um, being able to navigate those challenging situations with empowerment and understanding and connection. And so that's what I do. That's what's you brought are, me. I, I, I'm so appreciative of, of the way you're sharing this, Dana, because I think so many people from the outside look inwards at the the quote unquote experts, right? Like, right, that I, I relate to that experience of here I am as a couples therapist, I should be flying through my marriage and never hit the hard parts because I know all those things, right? And yet there's there's a completely different experience of knowing all of the things and then also being in your own life and the own struggles that are being presented in front of you. And that has no indication of the skills and tools that you have or your enoughness as a person, but it just really reminds us to sink into this common humanity that we all have, mm -hmm. that we struggle. This yeah. Stuff is hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're, not, we're not dealing with uh, cookie cutter situations here. Like you can't, we're, we're not on an assembly line. And so mm. as, as part of the human experience, it is going to have ups and downs. It's going to be challenging. And, um, and that is something, even now I kind of get like the heebie-jeebies when I think of the word expert, because I'm like, I am just here sharing my life and I'm here sharing what I've found and what I know works. I mean, mm -hmm. I know that it works and it's grounded in science, but at the same time, I still have challenges and I am still human as we all are. Yes, right. And that I think is so important here when you're saying we can't just go down an assembly line and put this together because what we know what our brains love to do, right? Which is to find a solution to, if I do X, I mean, we put our son in these blue, footless pajamas 
He was three months old. He slept through the night the first night and we said, they're magical. We, right? So these are the yeah. pajamas. We're going to do exactly this amount of time of rocking and this about, right? <laughs> and then we're going to snuggle him up nice and tight and he will sleep through the night. And because as parents, gosh, we just want to know that pathway forward. So then I think of the day and age we live in today, which is social media and how we can get these really quick snaps of do this strategy, do this strategy. And then we wonder why it's not working because it, life and us as people, we're not a, a cookie cutter box. We're not just a one size fits all. So tell me you have this beautiful book behind you in the background. So people can't see this beautifully calming blue um, book that you have. Tell us about the book. And then please tell us about the, these parts that you are working to share. That's the framework that you've created. Yeah. So the book is Calm the Chaos, a fail-proof roadmap for parenting, even the most challenging kids. And the way that the book is is set up is exactly the way that I um, teach it in our online community. And so we've had thousands of people go through this exact same framework and program to get the results. And we share those stories. I share those stories inside the book. Um, it's broken down into bite-sized pizzas so that if you, you know, we're busy moms, we're busy parents, and it's meant to be almost like blog post, social media style, where you can just pick it up, read it for five minutes, put it down and forget about it for a week and then pick it back up, read another section. Um, because I know for myself, I struggled to read a book until I was in college. And now I know that was my undiagnosed ADHD, but so many parents with their overwhelmed struggle to read a book. And so just the way it's constructed is meant to be um, accessible and easy to read and easy to adapt to your own family. And so inside the book, I walk you through four pieces of a framework. I think of it like baking a cake. So when you bake a really basic cake, you need like a flour substance, uh, you know, you need your milk or liquid substance, you need your egg and you need your, your sweetener, your sugar. And it's the same type of thing. Instead of it being a quick fix or a one size fits all, it's there are there are principles that are true when you're dealing with humans and when you're trying to solve problems. And this four-part framework, you don't need to be an expert in all four parts. You just need a sprinkle of each. And so it's connection, understanding, empowerment, and then you at the center. So if you think of like three circles in a Venn diagram and you're at the center, you're that grounded, safe place, that calm presence. And then the connection is less about let's play together, let's have fun together. And it's more, I see you, I hear you, and I accept you for who you are, not for who I was hoping you'd be. And then the understand piece is that science of behavior and relationships and understanding like what's really going on under the surface because you yelling at me isn't because you're being defiant or disrespectful or manipulative. There's something else going on. And then the empowerment piece is not about let me set my boundaries and rules and then you follow them. But instead, it's about how can we both get our needs met and create an out-of-the-box solution that empowers both of us. So you need all four of those pieces. But if someone goes off and tries to do that right now, and they're currently dealing with a kid who has tantrums and meltdowns and outbursts, you know, multiple times a day, or they're stressed out from work or whatever is going on in their life, and they try to do that at full force, 
they're not going to be able to access it. And so coupled with the framework is a roadmap that takes you from surviving the storm is what I call it, which is just riding it out and being able to get through it and remain calm, get everyone to safety, to creating a family team, which is the fifth stage, which is working together, having everyone on board, being able to empower each other and advocate for each other. And it walks you step-by-step through those stages. Support for today's episode comes from Loop Earplugs. For so long after having children, I kept wondering why I was easily overwhelmed and felt like an angry mom. The noise from the kids, the dog barking, and the sounds around me from everyday life. But I now understand that I'm not an angry mom and instead my nervous system gets overwhelmed and overstimulated, which is why I've been turning more and more to my loop earplugs to help me stay more regulated and engaged with the family. I'm using Loop Engage to help dampen the sound around me. And these Loop earplugs allow me to still be with every beat and conversation. I still hear Greg. I can still hear the kids. I love that they are so comfortable and they come with eight silicone ear tips to ensure the right fit for you. The best part for me is that I take them everywhere with me. They are proving the test of time and not to mention they're stylish in my ears. Plus, we love the kids versions, which we've been able to take to the movies for our kids. I'm so excited that Loop Earplugs is offering you, my community, a discount so that you too can tackle that overstimulation while still being engaged with the activities and people you love. Visit loopearplugs.com and use my code Loop times Dr. Tracy for 10% off your order. That's L-O-O-P-X-D-R-T-R-A-C-Y for 10% off your order. Support for today's episode comes from ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life we have to compromise on, like the right way to load a dishwasher or whether those socks are going to stay on the floor for a week. Okay, in all seriousness, but when it comes to your mental health, there is no compromise. So we don't need to go back to that one therapist or one physician who didn't align with what we need just because they're available right now. We don't need to compromise on the care we need for our overall wellness. Instead, this is where ZocDoc comes in. This is a place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And you can find someone who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your well-being. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. Go to ZocDoc.com I-N-Y-S and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. If I needed this app, this is one that I would be going to. That's zocdoc.com slash I-N-Y-S and get the care that you need today. And those stages, are they something that can happen within the moment or are they stages that happen over time and seasons? What we have found is that in working with all of these different parents is that everyone goes through these five stages. Some go through them much quicker, um, especially if you have a lot of background information or knowledge. If you've already been on this journey for a while, you might make it through the first three stages pretty quickly and then kind of sit in the ahead of the moment problem solving stage for 
a while. Um, and the, it's kind of like fractal. So these five stages, you can go through them, boom, 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 and make a plan for each of the stages. And then you could still feel like you're at ride the storm overall in your life. And so um, you can apply it to just one situation. Like, let's say, you know, I know you do a lot with relationships. So a, a spouse argument over parenting, let's say something like that. And so you'll first need a plan for what to do in the heat of the moment when your spouse does something that is opposite of what you might do. So the ride the storm plan would be like, okay, I'm going to ground myself. I'm going to stay calm. I'm going to change my body language. And I'm going to remember that what he's saying is not about me. It's about him, right? And his behavior is communication. And then out of the moment, I'm going to focus on small wins. So that'd be the ride the storm plan. And then you would create these other plans for what to say and do in the moment, how to get ahead of it, and then how to create a new system or boundary with your partner once you've gone through those around this one challenge. Oh, it sounds like there's a, a chance to really, not to parent in the same way, but to get on the same team and to have a plan mm -hmm. for how you want to approach these difficult things. I'm just thinking about um, your story and also the children that you work with and how we can see different behaviors in children, right? Children are not all the same. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, what's great about the roadmap is that the first three stages are all about yourself because you can't control anyone else's behavior or interactions or how they respond. You can only, you're only in control of your own responses and thoughts and actions. And so that first stage really is about you getting your brain to safety at getting your body to safety and making sure that your surroundings are safe. The second stage is one that so many people try to skip and it's time and energy. And so it's knowing what actually boosts and drains yourself knowing what keeps you connected and motivated so that when another argument happens, another fight happens, you have enough energy in your tank to actually handle it. And then the third one is about diffusing the situation in the moment. And that one still is not as much about the other person. It's about you swapping your thoughts in the moment. So instead of my kid always, or my husband always, it's, um, looking at the facts and saying, okay, when we're all tired, we get really frustrated with each other. Um, and then connecting is that moving closer, getting lower, getting in the same space instead of like yelling from the top of the stairs to clean up or that it's time to get off electronics. And then the understanding piece, we actually have some really cool systems that I've created for being able to quickly assess what's under the surface. Like, yeah. is it needs? Is it a lack of safety? Is it a connection issue? Um, or they don't feel like they're being seen or heard? Is it a sensory issue? Um, are they lacking the skills? Is there something they just like really want um, or something they're trying to avoid? And then the empowerment piece for this one is your own plan for what to say and do and provide in the moment. And most of it's being quiet and saying very minimal in the moment. So those first three plans are very much about you, the parent, the one person who's taking this journey. And then the last two stages are where we include the other people. And we start saying, okay, let's build connection out of the moment. Let's problem solve out of the moment. Let's, let's start building some of these pieces out of the moment. Hmm. 
It's so interesting because I know when my community sends me questions, like in my question box of asking anything, a lot of it is my child is having this. How do I stop that? Right. And and it's often this like looking outward first, which is, you know, the parallel of our work is people often come to me first as well saying, how do I get my partner to stop doing the thing? And so you and I are both saying, let's go in and do our own work first, which is really hard. And that ability to increase our self-reflectiveness, it's a lot of work. It is. It's really heavy. And, And I'm thinking about even this moment this morning with one of my kids. So we're recording on a Monday and summertime presents the changes of camp every single week. And it is really hard. Yeah, that's <laughs> hard on. Yeah, it's hard on the kids, and it's hard on you know both of my kids have different temperaments, and I I can appreciate that and see their strengths, but then it's also hard on us as parents because we're trying to like, okay, where are we driving today? Did we do the consent forms? Did did we pack the this and that in their bags? So my one child this morning. It was my daughter, so she's my younger one. But she, they were just this really like, she 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 can sometimes be like um like a suction cup. She wants to be like really attached to you, and so she was she for some reason this morning was very attached. I'm I'm kind of thinking of okay, we just had this weekend, we were all together. She has a big connection bucket, but what's happening here is that, and I was feeling like. There's something that's getting on my nerves. I'm not feeling calm enough. I'm like, what is happening in this moment for her? And then it it somewhat clicked like, oh, she really needs some soothing and connection because we've, it's not just about the weekend together, but we've we're going into a new camp this week Mm -hmm. because she's feeling something and she can't label it. She doesn't know what that is. And then, so I can either keep upping the ante of, okay, socks get your socks on, pack your bag. Did you make your sandwich? Right. Which is so easy to get into that space because we want to just get out the door. Yes. And yet it was such a a huge shift to go from that mode into the, okay, what's really happening here. And that pause of like, you think that you're going to waste time by pausing. Right. And, but when we pause, when we actually address the need, you're actually going to spend far less time than you would have, if you would have been, have kept badgering and kept go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's do, let's do, let's do our struggle there. Yeah. Then it would have become eventually she may have even refused going. Right. But Mm -hmm. the fact that you stopped, the fact that you paused, I mean, that is like, give yourself a big old, like pat on the back and, you know, hug, (laughs) high five. You did a great job, you know? Um, But it is hard. It is like, and that's, that's why like the book, in the book and with people that I work with, I'm always like, it's one step at a time, right? Like you're still going to have old patterns. And that's why it's so important to have that ride the storm plan until you have the other plans, because you may not have this plan that's ingrained in you. That's a habit to pause, to stop, to say, okay, what's going on? when you're first starting out, someone that's just listening to this. And even us who've been doing this for a while, if we're, you know, you were telling me before we got on here that there's a lot going on in your life right now. And so there's even more stress there. And that's going to add on to your ability to 
to manage when she needs more of your connection or understanding or safety. Uh Um, and, And we all forget it. Like all of us, I do it too. I'm like, what's going on? We were fine yesterday. Okay, hold on. There's something new here. I like that you added that we were fine yesterday because I know sometimes what we do as as humans do is we're like, okay, we are good. We're going to just keep going and riding the wave up, right? Like we're good. We're good now. We're through that stage. And we forget that our relationships, particularly with our children, are filled with seasons. And Mm -hmm especially for them, developmental milestones and growth in their brains and their bodies. And it it can be really challenging sometimes when for us as adults, we're just like, go, go, go. We need to keep going. Yeah, it's so true. And, and also that, I mean, I think you're just so like the, the seasons, it's like kind of like a roller coaster with all the ups and downs and turns. And so the more that we can preempt those, those friction points and create plans ahead of time for those. So knowing that you had a rough patch this Monday and there's going to be a camp swap, maybe in a couple of weeks, Uh maybe the week before saying, okay, we're going to be swapping camps. Are there any feelings? Are you worried? Are you nervous? What were you afraid of last time? Like having that that preemptive ability can really release a lot of our own stress and a lot of pressure, and especially for our kids too. Support for today's episode comes from Cozy Earth. You know I am all about caring for ourselves, especially in these busy years with our young kids. We are pulled in so many directions, but I think it's so important for us to find ways to nurture ourselves that require no additional time from us. I should probably let you in on one of my favorite things to do to look after me, and that is to get a good night's sleep on amazing sheets. I am beyond thrilled to bring you Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products with an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for my listeners. We've got a code. It's SHRINK, S-H-R-I-N-K, for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Now, I didn't believe it until I tried them, but I firmly stand by my sleep improving with the temperature regulating technology, which adapts to your body's needs. For the past year, I have not slept on any other brand of sheets. Cozy Earth uses the very best fabrics, materials, and wares, offering superior softness for you to sink into at the end of those long days. I look forward to getting into bed, and we've been loving the sheets for over a year and their sleepwear is so unbelievably soft and it's made with such great quality. But the best part is that if you're worried about commitment, enjoy a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty on all of your purchases. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code SHRINK for an exclusive 35% off and give the luxury she deserves with Cozy Earth. What do you notice that parents struggle with in terms of the roadmap you've created? Like what are some of the biggest hang up points? It depends on where where they're at, um, meaning like what their background is. If they've done a lot of work with connecting with their kid, then and and by connecting, they've done one-on-one dedicated time and they play with their kids and they go on vacations and all these things 
then they can feel a lot of resentment when their child talks back to them or doesn't want to do what they've asked. And they're like, how could you treat me that way after all that I've done for you? Um, and they they take it really personal. Like I, I see that a lot. And, um, and it's not personal, right? The child's behavior is a sign that there is something else going on under the surface. And it's never just because they don't like mom, right? That's not really it. Even if they don't like mom today, there's a reason they don't like mom. What is it, right? And so um, I think that that's one thing. I think the other thing that I see, and that that could be true if you're like an understanding parent and you dive really deep into the understanding piece or the empowerment piece or the mindset piece. If you're doing just one of them, you'll be like, well, I'm doing all the things. And, and it's because you don't have this holistic view. But what I see across the board is this desire to get it perfect and to be right and for it to work immediately. And I tried it and it didn't work. I did it and it didn't work. And it's like, all right, let's pause and let's stop looking at this as a quick fix. Let's stop looking at this as a one and done and everything's going to be fixed. It is it is small, tiny iterations. I always tell people it's like going to the orthodontist to get um, braces. I'll put braces on your teeth and you don't magically have straight pearly whites after that. Instead, you have to keep going back and they have to tighten your braces and they have to readjust them. And it's painful every time you have to go back and get those adjustments. And sometimes that lasts for a year or two years. It's not a quick fix. And I think about that and I, I explain that to parents a lot of the times, like focus on the tiny progress that you are making, take it one baby step at a time. And, and instead of nothing's working or all of this is terrible, look at it as what's working, what's not, and what's one tiny tweak that I can focus on and then just reiterate again and again. This is, you've tapped on a few things that show up for us as parents and Greg and I, my husband and I, we've had many conversations around the struggle of we give and we give and we give and then it's like the pushback. And, and it is this like internalized belief that and we hold it as adults too. If I'm nice to you, you will be nice to me or the just ruled hypothesis, right? Where if I show up and I do all the good things and only good things will happen to me, our brains are just conditioned to think this way. And also then we think of the generational guilt that has been passed down and how children should have been seen and not heard before. And it, and then the other piece too, Dana, that you're talking about there is that perfect parenting, this idea of, you know, I'm, I'm doing all of the things. And it's like, we're supposed to get the outcome that the, our children should somehow just show up and say, oh, thank you, mommy. You phrased <laughs> it in just the right way that now I finally see why I am melting down that you cut the banana in half and gave me the bottom half and not the top half. <laughs> that made me think of, I was, we were leaving Target yesterday and I had my 15 year old with me and my 10 year old, my 15 year old, we have to have talks about sex at this point, right? Because you just never know. You never know at this age. And um, and so last week he was going to a mall with a girlfriend, the same mall he had told me that one of his friends had gone and fooled around with a girl in the bathroom. And I was like, well, how do I know I can trust you? And he's like, mom, bathrooms are gross. Why would I want to make out in a bathroom? I'm like, okay, all right, good answer. And then um, but we're leaving Target 
and there's a there's this dad and I just felt for this dad and he's carrying a baby and the baby starts crying and he's carrying a toddler and he gets right outside the door baby's still crying and then the toddler starts crying and it was like one on each side of him was crying and we all just felt so bad for this dad and my son looks at me and he goes well if that's not an advertisement for not having kids I don't know what is And I was like, well, you know, you have to like protect yourself if that's something you don't want. And he's like, mom, just be sure when you're doing all these podcasts, you don't tell them you're an expert at talking about this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) He was like, I don't think you're doing a great job with this one. I was like, thanks. (laughs) Dina, I, you know, I do the sex histories with my clients. We work through sex issues and desire issues. And then when my my kids are like, tell me where babies come from. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know what to say in this moment. How do I not know what to say? Why does this sound so awkward? It's always so funny. So I appreciate that story. You know, gosh, I... I resonate with that dad. I, I have a very strong memory of walking down the street. I'm trying to think if I actually had the dog with me. I think I did. So I've got the crying baby in my my carrier on, on my body. I had to pick up my toddler who was threatening to run into the street. I'm carrying his little bike, his strider bike with the with the dog pulling on the left side and everybody is crying. And I'm just like, don't cry, don't cry. You've got this. You, The house is over there. You can see the house keep going. You see the cars coming by at you and you're like, and gosh, you know, we, we've all been there at some point. And it's just so hard. It's just so hard. It is. And I think that it's not talked about enough. I yeah. think that it's so common to think that it's only happening to you. And then when your kids get in school and your kids struggling in school, um, they don't have, it doesn't have to be as extreme as my oldest, you know, Um, my daughter, if she struggles or my son, and it can be small struggles, but you're led to believe you're the only parent with a child who's struggling. And as a teacher, I can tell you that is not true. And as someone who is still really good friends with teachers now, it's just not the case. I mean, there's probably more children struggling and parents struggling than there are ones that are just kind of flying under the radar. Uh And so, you know, I think we just have to dispel this myth that everyone's got it figured out. Everyone's doing a better job than we are. Everyone somehow has the secret rule book. Like, no, it's messy. It's ugly. And you're doing a great job. Like if you're listening to this podcast, you're doing a great job. You're already showing up. You're already learning. That is far more than so many other parents. The fact that you're already here listening is huge. And having these conversations with your parenting partner and Mm -hmm. reflecting on this stuff, it is, it's, it's big. It's totally big. I, I want to jump into, you mentioned one of the pieces to do at the earlier stages of your roadmap is around what's underneath. Mm. And you had mentioned sensory. And this is, I think, something new that we're learning about for ourselves and mm. also for our children. Yeah, I think that sensory is one of the most like untapped pieces of, you know, human uh, neurology, biology, whatever you want to describe it as. Um, And in the parenting world, if you had 
if you have a typically developing child, a lot of times you never hear about sensory. Um, but if you've got a child who somehow is outside of the realm of quote unquote normal, you might be led down that path or you might um, find out that your child is autistic or has ADHD, and then you're going to learn more about sensory. But outside of that, you don't hear a lot about it. But sensory is our sensory systems are how we process and take in information and interpret it. All of us, all humans, and there's far more than five senses. And this is something that I am just like super passionate about, because when you learn about your sensory systems, when you learn about your children's sensory systems and their preferences, it is so much easier to create an environment that is responsive to them and that helps them be able to thrive and, and be comfortable. And, and it settles their nervous system so that they can be able to um, access the information you're giving them, the skills that you're trying to teach them. And, you know, it's like I said, it's just such a missed point of of why behavior happens or what could be going on under the surface and i think i truly believe that if every human understood that there are eight senses and they affect how you interact with your day-to-day -day life we would have a far more compassionate world oh, what would be an example of a parent in terms of struggling i with mean well, let's just take it from the parent perspective. We can do the kid too, but the parent perspective, I mean, how many of our of the listeners right now have been touched out? You get to a certain part of the day and you just can no longer be touched again. And it feels like it feels like your skin is crawling. That is your sensory system on overload. You can't take in any more sensory input and your body is telling you, stop, don't give me anymore. Um, and that can happen whether you've had too much touch or too much sound, too much smell, too much movement. Um, one way I like to describe just like everyday senses is like, if you love being on a roller coaster, you like love movement, you're like, yes, I, I like I'm the first one in line to go on a roller coaster, or you get in a car and you sit in the front seat, and you look straight forward, and you make sure nothing changes, because otherwise, you'll get car sick, right? Like, that's your vestibular system. Mm. Like if you that is just like a really easy one to to share of like, how sensitive is that system in you? Um, and then how many like of us grew up like chewing on pencils or, you know, tapping our pencils or, um, you know, for me, like right now, as I talk to you, I've got post-it notes underneath here and I'm just rubbing them because it's tactile and it helps me be able to focus on what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like these but growing up when I did that, when I like rubbed my leg, when I was having a conversation with my mom or when I looked down at the floor, I was considered disrespectful. But it was part of, I couldn't take in, if I'm having to process information, I still do it. I look away sometimes when I'm thinking as I'm talking to you. And it's because looking forward is too much information for me mm -hmm. when I'm processing and when I'm trying to think. And our kids do that. And then we say, look at me when I'm talking to you. And they're like, I can't, but they don't have the language to tell you. I can't, I need to look away. They don't have the language. and They also don't have the understanding that they can, yeah. right? Like, like that's, that language is so complex. We have to be able to understand what it is. Yes. Awareness. Our, the awareness, right? And even, even as adults, you have this awareness now where I know for many of my clients, they show up in my office 
saying, I'm so touched out, but we haven't gotten to that awareness yet. Right. And, and even if I think of the, when I first became a mom in 2015, social media was still early for the parenting world and how parents were showing up on Facebook and Instagram at the time. And I just didn't hear anyone talk about it. So I didn't mm. know, right? Like, what, what is this experience? Why is it that when my husband comes and like, and, and actually he did it today, he was in the office and dropped me off a coffee, very kind. Um, and, but like, he, he like did this gentle touch on my shoulder and it was the like, oh no, that doesn't feel good versus that like the pressured touch squeeze that feels more soothing when I'm in my, my cycle of thinking and stress mode. <laughs> yes, I totally understand. Um, and when I first started, I mean, there was barely anything on sensory, but it was, it was one of the first things that started to help me understand my son and the behaviors he was having. I mean, just think about how often parents struggle with a kid that might jump on the couch or climb mm. the furniture. And you're like, get down, get down, get down, get down. You can say get down all day long, but if they don't have a way to meet that need in another way, right. they're going to I mean, the furniture, no matter what you do, no matter what consequence or reward you put in place, their, their body is not getting what it needs. Mm. One of the most powerful things someone had said to me, because we had, we had the chewing with one of our kids and they had said, we've, we actually purchased some chew toys for them. So now it's so great to be able to say, Hey, I noticed you're chewing. Would you like me to grab your chew toy for you? And it's like, yeah, okay. And then we get that. And so it's that that safe, that safe, safe thing to do, right? And one of the things that we do, and that's, you know, when we were talking about the roadmap is in the ahead of the moment, that's where you're starting to really unravel these sensory preferences, mm -hmm. helping your kid understand them and come up with plans, like you just said, of I notice your wringing your hands. I notice you're picking at your, your shirt. I notice that you're chewing on your shirt. Let me go. And, you know, would you like me to, to grab your, your tool? Yes. Okay. Right. Um, and so that's like that ahead of the moment planning and to take it a step further is something we call unique profiles, which is actually each family member understanding other people in the family sensory preferences. And so there's a story I tell in the book about my daughter and her birthday party. And she's, she was five years old. And um, we had worked so hard to create this family that worked together. And we were planning out her birthday. And she goes, Mom, I don't want my brother there. And I just like, oh, sting in the gut. Like we've worked so hard, really. And he had a lot of meltdowns. So I thought that was really what it was. And she goes, yeah, I mean, I wanted it Chuck E. Cheese and it's just too loud and too bright. And it would just be too hard for him. And I want him to have fun too. And so this little girl at five decided to have her birthday at Chuck E. Cheese at eight in the morning because they turn half the lights off, they turn off the music, and it's just you and your birthday. And so we had a bunch of five-year-olds and had pizza, ice cream, and Chuck E. Cheese at eight in the morning so her brother could go. Yeah. Because she has such an acute awareness of her own sensory needs and also his. Um, now, fast forward 10 years, you know, well, five years later, because um, she was five, she's 10 now, he just graduated. He just turned 18 and he wanted to go bowling for his birthday. Normally we'd go on a weekday in the middle of the day um, when they're not playing music. 
but he has a girlfriend now. And so she couldn't go till after five. So we get to the place at like 630 and the music is bumping. It is so loud. You can hear it outside. All the lanes are full. So all the balls are hitting the, the pins and our whole family. We walked in, we all looked around and everyone, not my son said, I think this might be too loud for Elijah. I don't know that he can handle it. And he looked and he was like, yeah, if you guys are cool, I'd love to leave. And then we all just left and we went and hung out together at the house instead. And I just think of how different that would have gone had we not all understood each other's needs. Mm. There's a sense of building. Um, It's the, I talk about it in the self-other perspective right? Mm-hmm. That it's like, I have a self and I experience the world in this way. And then you also have a self. And then how do I myself experience you experiencing mm-hmm. the world, right? Um, and that is so powerful, Dana, that if we can really help our children do that, I think of all of the family conflict I hear from generations of things unsaid, expectations not met. Um, Well, you have to do that because that's just the way your sibling is. That kind of messaging that so many before us have experienced and just how this can really help families build a system, right? This is like system building to be cohesive, compassionate, understanding, and to make it work, not because, oh, you know, you're acting up again because you don't want to go bowling, you know, like it's, it's, yeah. Why do you have to be so difficult? You know, and here's the thing is like, we talk about being human. Like I got home that day and I just was like, can't be like a normal family. Like it's his 18th birthday. We couldn't even go somewhere fun. We couldn't do anything exciting. Like I feel so bad. I feel like a bad mom because I'm not able to provide this like 18 year old experience, but he doesn't want it. And I know, like, as you're saying that, I was like, Dana, he doesn't want it. Yeah, he doesn't beautiful. want it. And, and he, he made that choice. Sorry, your story. I'm, I'm just so excited. No, no, it was good. And my husband too, I was telling this story on the podcast the other day and he was like, why are you thinking that? He didn't even want it. We were all happy, you know? And it's just, I, the reason I'm sharing is because for a brief moment, I let that shoulda, coulda, woulda, we call him thought monster, really take over of like, I should have done this. I could have done this. Oh, if we had just done this, then it would have been better. And it's like, no, like, let's celebrate the fact that this is where we're at. And we all recognized it. And it was a good day for him and the rest of the family how powerful it is when we can take ourselves out of the situation mm-hmm. and to understand that it's for our children to tell us how they want to experience the world and what that's going to be like. Like that example of, of your child saying, yeah, this isn't going to work for me. I'd rather do something else. Mm-hmm. Our, our our son didn't want to register for soccer. He had done a stint and the last two sessions were of him crying on the way there. And we had talked about committing to going. I sat with him until he was ready to go in and he went in and he liked it. He always came out with a good time after. But when it came to registering again, he's like, no, I don't want to. And we really had to step back 
and listen to him and let him guide that and honor it, despite all of the other people registering their kids for soccer and his friends were in soccer. And despite the fact that he's kicking, we we walked the dog kicking the ball back and forth and he's great at it. He's ready now. He's ready to register in the fall. But it was really hard to take that that like I, as the parent, out of it, of the, you should be, you should be doing this. Your friends are doing this. This is what will make you an eight-year-old, right? Like it's, it's none of that. But when it comes to our, our stepping into this space as parents, I think this is really different for a lot of people, especially for what they experienced growing up is oh. allowing our kids like to, to have that autonomy in there and then for us to remove ourselves and to not make them who we think they should be. Oh, it, that's so powerful. I mean, if, if a parent can do that, you're winning all day, every day. If you can remove yourself and you can allow your child to be who they are, allow them to make their mistakes, their decisions, their choices, and, and remove your own thinking and expectations and your end outcome because you're seeing 10 years down the road instead of today and and let them let them experience it i think that um i think that is that is the shift that's happening that's in parenting is allowing our children to teach us and guide us and us be a guide and mentor to them instead of this is the only way because we know i mean this is there's no better time in history than right now for us to for us to allow our kids to be themselves because there's so many opportunities for them as they continue to grow up. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, Dana, when can we get your book? You also have some exciting pre-order pieces that are available. Please tell everyone more about what you have. So you can find the book at calmthechaosbook.com and it comes out August 15th. And I do have some pre-order bonuses. You can get an entire toolkit that will be kind of hands-on worksheets that you can do as you listen to the book or, or read the book um, so that you take that knowledge and turn it into doing an action. So you can actually implement it one step at a time. And we also have a a quick start, kind of like a fast track study that you can do. It's a seven days to less chaos video series that walks you through the five stages and gets those plans set up for you really quickly um, so that you can start putting it into action right now. And then we've got a couple of other really fun bonuses as well. I love it. Oh, Dana, I'm so excited for Greg and I to sit down with your book and for us to map out all of us in the family so that we can have that experience of understanding where we're at. And I just know that people who are listening are going to benefit from this book. So thank you for joining me here and sitting with me today. Thank you. I'm, like I said at the beginning, so honored to be here. So it's been a great conversation. Remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for the care from a licensed mental health care provider. See you next week. What's up, guys? I'm Gabrielle Stone, host of FML Talk. After being love-bombed, married, and cheated on, trust me, I've got some perspective on love, heartbreak, trauma, and healing. FML Talk has become weekly therapy for my listeners, where I give you a safe space to heal with, of course, a few F-bombs thrown in. 
fun girl talk episodes, solo episodes that will guide you on your healing journey, and guests with stories that will leave your jaw on the floor. Grab a cocktail and come hang with me every Wednesday on FML Talk.